Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Believe in Commanders. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Brian Murphy. And as always, I'm joined by my guy, Triple A, Anthony Armstrong. How is it going, my friend? It's, it feels like it's so much longer that we talk. I know we're not we're not recapping games right away, uh, but it's always good to talk football. The the league never sleeps. Uh, but how are you doing, man? I can tell you, I'm I'm iced in. I'm back here, obviously in Dallas, and we had this like right. ice storm came through, and we don't have all of the like snow pre- preparation vehicles like right? I remember a few years ago whenever they were actually when the Super Bowl was here they had like six trucks uh that for the whole city so they had to bring them in from like Amarillo well we're in that similar situation uh everything's been iced over they canceled school for the past two days um Tuesday Wednesday Thursday three days and they might cancel school tomorrow I have seen enough Ryan's world I'm done with Ryan's oh, World. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I can do Bluey, but I'm, I'm <laughs> done with Ryan's World, man. I'm tired of watching all these kitty shows, but uh, it's all good, man. We are warm. Thankfully, we're inside. We're all safe and together. We all have power, so we're good. How are yeah, you? Well, oh, I, I'm good. We're, we're in Atlanta. About 10 years ago, we got made fun of on a national stage. I think <laughs> SNL made fun of the city of Atlanta for how unprepared we were for a little bit of snow. So been there, done that. Uh, we, we're good. Uh, just counting on the days to the last football game of the season, the the Super Bowl, which we'll, we'll touch on a little bit. We still have a week away, so we're not going to make our picks quite yet. Uh, but when we do, we'll be checking in with our guys from Bet Online. Tell us about our friends who bring you the show every time. Yes, indeed. Bet Online, it remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Everything from the NFL to bowl season and even eSports. I mean, I'm talking about like NBA 2K and a few first-person shooters. They got those games on there. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at BetOnline. BetOnline, it features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. It's the fastest and the easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. So head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online. It's where the game starts. That's right. It does. And I think right now uh, the Eagles are a one-point favorite as we sit here on February 2nd. So we're 10 days out. The Eagles are a one-point favorite. Like I said, we'll pick. Uh, we'll make our official predictions probably sometime next week. Um, but let's go over our last picks. I jokingly said after we made our picks that – uh, the way the NFL works, we'll we'll be talking about the opposite happening, and that's exactly what happened. The Eagles dominated. The Chiefs squeaked one out at the end, and we were we went zero for two in our picks. What were your thoughts on the championship games? Now a, a few days removed uh, from the final four, setting up for the Super Bowl. Well, if we start out in Philly, um, I think everything was basically over once Brock Purdy went out, yeah. and no disrespect to Josh Johnson, but I mean, you know, he's 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 filled in before he's been on what I think 15 teams in his like 10 years, something like that. So he's he definitely came in to be a body. He was not meant to play, especially not to go up against Philly's, uh, you know, daunted and just dangerous defense. So once Brock Purdy went out, it really 
just hamstrung that defense, hand, uh, handcuffed, uh, I should say, the 49ers offense and what they were going to be able to do. Um, so once that happened, I, I just I was like, well, as it, you know, barring some like unforeseen performance by the defense, things got out of hand early. And I feel bad for Kyle Shanahan. I really, I really do. I was thinking about this earlier. He's had the worst luck with quarterbacks. I mean, do you go all of all of his places as, as head coaches and offensive coordinators? He's had bad luck with quarterback position. Yeah. Yeah, he really has. I mean, it starts with RG3, which uh, we, we know about in, in D.C. Uh, I don't even know if he had really had a quarterback with the, with the Browns. He, oh, well, good... he went through the, the – we had the Johnny Manziel, you know, oh, it was Brian right. Hoyer, yeah. then you get Johnny Manziel, and then that whole yeah. thing just kind of blew up. And then, you know, the GM didn't like it. That was a whole bad That's relationship. Right. And then you get to Atlanta. Um, and you say the best quarterback that he had fumbled away 28 to three in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, yeah, what can and you then, do? And yeah, this year alone, three, uh, essentially like serious injury, three or well, four quarterbacks though. Bro. Yeah. 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 And, and you know, the injury to Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, and then Brock Purdy as well. So yeah, he, he shuffled through and it's tough. Uh, I, I saw some stuff about the NFL doing away with the third quarterback, uh, rule. And how that kind of came into play. And you would think that the 49ers would have loved to have had one more quarterback available because that was an ugly scene. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think once Brock Purdy went down, unfortunately, that that took the 49ers chances with them. Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, his touchdown run was incredible, kind of literally put the entire team on his back and carried everybody into the end zone. Uh, But it just wasn't enough. And uh, that was unfortunate, you know. It is what it is. The Eagles don't have to apologize for winning that game, but that's one of those games that you wish just everybody was healthy. How you know if you could go back in time and, and replay that game, I would have loved to have seen that game with healthy squads. But that's not the way the NFL works. That's kind of the yeah. beauty of it. It's one game. There are no series like in baseball and basketball. It's one game, and the Eagles got the best of it. They dominated, and they've kind of not that it's been easy, but they have made it look easy getting to the Super Bowl. And man, they look like they're 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 pretty serious and could have a very good chance of bringing another Super Bowl to their town in the last what six years. So yeah, very yeah. impressive what they're doing. As frustrating as that is for it to be a divisional opponent. Yeah, the Phillies doing a good job, but they, they're not going to you know have an easy road no. um, rolling into this one because over there in Kansas City. Kansas City versus the Bengals was another epic matchup. I mean, all three previous matchups between Burrow and uh, Patrick Mahomes were settled by three points. This game was another one, but it was yep. on Kansas City side. And, you know, I, I really thought that Patrick's lack of mobility was going to be kind of a big hindrance. And then you actually saw a lot of injuries happen for the receiving core. He was down to, I think, yeah. Sky Moore um, and, a, and a player to be – I don't know the guy's name. I'm sorry, but – he was down yeah. to like their fifth receiver. Marcus you know? Kemp, maybe? Is I that... think that might have been his name, yeah. Marcus Kemp. They were yep. down so far where it was like, literally, they were going to say, who's this guy? And it ain't no shade. I mean, you're the fifth receiver. You're not supposed to be playing anyways. He probably was there for special teams. He did get him a catch, so he got himself a catch. But Marquez Valdez, Scantling stepped up, made some plays. Obviously, Travis Kelsey did what he was able to do, but they started to really double-team him and take him out of the mix. But the most gutsy play, the one time that he needed to use his leg, Patrick Mahomes got out of the pocket and scrambled for that first down. Um, the unfortunate, uh, unsportsmanlike conduct added another 15 yards to so that, made it very easy for Harrison Butker to put it through the uh, uprights. But the Chiefs got away with one, and, and I mean that was a good game. That was a well-deserved yeah, was. game. 
Yeah, I'm glad that that was the late one. It would have been a bummer if, you know, the blowout ended up being the late game. So that was nice that, you know, we had the blowout earlier in the day. I got to finish the weekend with the, with a tight one. Uh, man, hey, sign me up for more Bengals Chiefs down the road. The, that is like the best of the best going at each other. It felt like a heavyweight fight. You know, you felt like at one point the Bengals were going to dominate. They, they, and then, you know, the, you felt like they were out of it. And then Jamar Chase makes a huge fourth down catch. You felt like the Chiefs were going to, we're going to run away with it. And then Patrick Mahomes inexplicably just drops the ball, uh, yeah. you know, and, and lets Cincy right back into it. It just had everything uh, all the way to the end. Feel bad for Joseph Asai, um, you know, but he'll learn from that. He'll come back. He'll be all right from it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was an, that was an incredible game. Just gutsy by uh, both teams. Um, I think that the Chiefs definitely saw the, the Burrowhead talk. I don't think they would have ever said anything leading up to the game, but you could tell after where afterwards when they were making all those comments, all that kind of stuff, yeah. that, that that kind of irked them a little bit, and that definitely fueled them. I don't know that it was the difference, but it certainly was was part of the equation in that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, Arrowhead is a stadium that they take a lot of pride in home field advantage, um, and then when you had the Cincinnati mayor. Uh, who had his comments oh, about yeah. uh, Joe Burrow taking a paternity test. And, you know, those things, sometimes if you're not on the field, do not. I, I repeat, yeah. do not say anything. Don't talk. Don't talk. You can cheer your team on absolutely. But when you start to say some stuff above and beyond, you set your team up uh, to, to for some for some things that maybe they're not ready to handle. You know, you add a little bit of fuel to the fire. It's the reason why. Coaches don't want players to be talking in the media like that because all it does is make bulletin board material. Yep. It absolutely does. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting. And, uh, yeah, you heard it from the Chiefs afterwards, and good for them. For I, I think they could have gotten to a war of wards uh, leading up to the game, which they didn't, and they just yeah. let their, their play talk about it, and they, oh, yeah. they came out on top. And this is a, this is a great matchup. I, I know we'll probably talk about it more and break it down more as we pick it next week, but – Man, this is this is about as good as it gets. It's the top two seeds. It's two teams that have been really solid all year long. Um, as a casual football fan, it's it's all you can ask for. And I, I you know, I think that, that one point spread kind of lends itself to that. I feel like Vegas thinks that it's going to be a tight game, and I'm looking forward to a, a, another one that's just you know heavyweight versus heavyweight, big play after big play. And and what a cool uh, what a cool story now that. The, the first Super Bowl ever with two black quarterbacks facing off. And that, yes, that's indeed. amazing. And that that's that should be the headline. And, and, and it's one of many headlines of, of what should be an awesome game, but just a very cool moment that, that we're here. And what I mean, couldn't ask for two better guys to represent the teams either and Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. And so yeah. very cool, very excited for that. And as much as, like I said, a division opponent and disliking the Eagles, I really respect Jalen Hurts and love what he's doing and how he's kind of – uh, proved a lot of people wrong, and he, he's it's paid off in big ways. Oh, yeah. So a wonderful thread that was kind of going over his whole career, just dating back to, to college. You know, he goes to Bama, and then he got benched on national television for Tua Tagovailoa, and he ends up transferring to Oklahoma and has his successes there, and he gets to the NFL, and it, it isn't the first round. Um, so he's had, his, he's had his struggles. He's had his, his battles, his uphill battles. But one thing I got to say, being from the state of Texas – um, this game is, has two quarterbacks from Texas right. high school football. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, obviously this is his what third, no, yeah, third Super Bowl, and he's from the town of White House, which is I think right outside of Tyler, 
And then Jalen Hurts is from Channel View, which is down there, uh, southern Texas, kind of either Houston or Galveston area. So he's these two guys um, showcasing what, what type of powerhouses come from the state of Texas. And frankly, if you go back to 2017, the last time the uh, the Eagles, well, actually when the Eagles got their Super Bowl, Nick Foles, Austin Westlake, uh, Mahomes has been there twice, I said, from White House. And then Matt Stafford is from Highland Park right here in the Dallas area. So Texas high school football quarterbacks, greatly represented um, in in the uh, in the Super Bowl as of late. So that's pretty exciting. But yes, absolutely. Just just leading into Black History Month, uh, having two uh, black quarterbacks. That's a great thing to see. Uh, obviously, Doug Williams is, uh, was one of the, uh, started off, you know, being the first black quarterback to start you know, for Washington. You know, so that was big. And to see now you have two guys up there that, you know, that Frankly, from my standpoint, they look like me, right? They look like me. They look like my kids. And that's something that, pe- that, that people are going to get to look up to. And and it's, it's just a powerful moment, but not to mention you got two brothers as well. You got the Kelsey brothers, all right? The Kelsey brothers are getting to, to face off in the Super Bowl. And I know that the Mannings are so probably just a little bit salty that they didn't get to make that happen, but I'm pretty excited that the Kelseys are going to get to face each other in the Super Bowl, even though they won't be on the field at the same time. Right. Yeah, you got to think. I wonder if there's a way that they could somehow. I guess that there, there never really would be. But yeah, just that's that's got to be so cool for their family. Uh, to their their mom, I think I think Travis Kelsey said his, his mom already wins regardless of what happens. You know, so oh, yeah. that that's so cool. A uh, couple of really cool firsts in, in this game. A lot of connections. You know, we know about Andy Reid, and he took the the Eagles to the Super Bowl way back when. Uh, Nick Sirianni used to be on the Chiefs coaching staff way back when. I think uh, there was a story about Andy Reid not retaining him. He said that he would be a solid coach one day, but he didn't retain him when he went mm. to Kansas City. So I don't think there's any bad blood by any means, but just just some cool storylines there. And so there, there's some si- sibling rivalry. There's some coaching line rivalry. So it, it's it's got a little bit of everything. It really there are some really cool stories leading up to it. So I'm excited for this one and. Uh, I really like, you know, I know we'll, we'll probably dive into it and give our reasons why when we make our picks, but right now it's hard to, I could see this game going either way, really. I know that's mm-hmm. a, a fence answer, but I could see the Eagles totally dominating like they have. Um, Jalen Hurst just controlling the football, making timely passes, running the heck out of the ball. But mm-hmm. I can also see Patrick Mahomes, you know, wanting to erase the last memory of his his Super Bowl failure only scoring nine points against Tom Brady a few years back you got to think that he wants to 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 add another Super Bowl and and to throw the ball around like we know that he can do and I could see that happening too it just yeah I could see this going either way it go it lends itself back to I love that the Super Bowl I love that football is one game you don't get a series it's not a best of three you don't get a redo so it, it that's why we see plays like the Philly special it's why we see plays like you know, Eli Manning chucking it up to David Tyree. It's why we remember these iconic plays because they come out of nowhere. And yeah. that's the exciting thing about the Super Bowl. And you just never know who's going to step up. It could be a guy like uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, like you said, a guy that hasn't done a whole lot, or maybe Marcus Kemp having to be thrown in there because yeah. of injuries. So that, that's the exciting stuff about the Super Bowl and and what I'm looking forward to as, as we lead up to it. I'm glad you said that because when you think about all those series, you know, you lose a game one of seven, it's like, eh, it's just one game, right? Right. And sure, there are statistics about behind, you know, your likelihood of winning if you win the first game, but 
you still have six other opportunities to get out there and, and play, you know, and obviously, you know, football is way more physical. <laughs> There's no way that they could have, you know, more than, you know, have a two or three games. There's no way you could do more, but um, it, it, it just, right. Obviously we'll look at it as we get a little bit closer. We just look at the makeup of these two teams. And I think I mentioned it a few episodes ago, Patrick Mahomes is, is like a probably the pristine, most premier quarterback in the league right now. Right. He is the guy. He is, the epitome of a franchise quarterback. He put the team on his shoulders, on that bum ankle, and he won even with his third, fourth, and fifth receivers out there. When they were taking away his top target at tight end, he figured out a way to make the game happen. Yes, his defense stepped up and made plays. But then on that flip side, people wouldn't necessarily – I mean, I don't put Jalen Hurts yet in that franchise quarterback status, but the dude is quickly going up that ladder. But he has an awesome team. Around him, I think he. If you go team by team, you're probably going to lean to say Philly's got more people out there to get this thing done. But Patrick Mahomes showed something uh, this past Sunday that you can't measure, you can't put a, you know, you can't put a value on. And he was able to lift that team up and, and make the plays when they needed him. So it, this is truly exciting. I mean, mm-hmm. this is probably one of the more uh, enticing matchups that you've seen in a long while, um, and, and you know. Hopefully, this is something that you get to really see happen over and over again over the next few years. Yeah, and real quick, like you know, bringing it back to the Commanders, we're we're talking about like what are they going to do at quarterback? What I know you you had Joe Daly on on you know to talk about draft prospects, which will uh you know we'll, we'll have that episode up eventually, if not before this one. But um, it, it just but these two teams are kind of different examples. Like you said, you have the star quarterback. Um, and then right now, Jalen Hurts is on a rookie contract with a huge team built up around him. It shows to me this this example, uh, this Super Bowl is an example of a couple different ways that you can build the team. Yeah. You know, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be special. I think he's shown that he's special. But right now, he's a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal that has allowed them to go out and make some big moves. Patrick Mahomes has the huge deal, but he he kind of covers up some of those weaknesses that they have. It just kind of shows you in the NFL, there's not really a wrong way to do things if you if you commit to one way. And that's what I yes. hope for the commanders moving forward is that yes. whatever their system is, whatever their ideology is, whatever, you know, whatever they do in the in the in the offseason, stick to that plan because we it shows these two teams show that you can do it a couple different ways. Exactly. And and you say that that's what the GM of the Bills had said his, his press conference. He was saying uh, and he said it. He said it. We don't want to be as bad as we have to be to get a Jamar Chase. Uh, the Bengals are benefiting from that rookie deal for right. a quarterback and for a receiver, whereas you know Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen got big bags. They got big bags, and that means you really can't do much else outside of those two positions. It really limits what you can do financially. So there's no wrong answer as long as you stick to it. As long as you stick to it and you have a solid plan, uh, then that makes a a great way to build your squad around around everything. But I will know this with a few of those players that are in the Super Bowl, they're not going to take part in the Pro Bowl. That's right. The Pro Bowl isn't happening anymore. They have Pro Bowl games instead. Um, What are your thoughts about that? Just Pro Bowl games. How do you feel about it? Do you think it's the right thing to do? Do you think it's kind of cheesy? What do you feel? I um well I got sick of watching the uh, the two hand touch uh, game that the Pro Bowl was turning into. So I know you're not going to hit guys hard and you're not going to do a whole lot in those Pro Bowl games, but that that wasn't real fun to watch. So I I 
applaud the NFL for trying something a little bit different. It feels like they've done a couple of these like little games and skills challenges and stuff like that over the past years and years past, but I'm excited to see it. It's something different. I think that it's fun. And I think all these guys are big names that are personalities. And I think it'll be fun to see those personalities on display more than the actual games that they're going to play. So I'm oh, yeah. excited for that part. And, uh, you know, I, I think it'll, it'll be fine. You know, I, I don't, I don't think we're really missing anything by by not having a winner of the AFC NFC in a traditional football game, you know. So yeah. I like that the NFL is trying something a little bit different, and I'm intrigued by it. And if it's an absolute disaster, you can always go back to the old model. But I'm not going to knock the NFL for trying something a little outside the box with what they're doing this this weekend. Oh, I'm I'm big with it. I think this is the smart play. As I've, I've always applauded what the NBA does. Mm-hmm. The NBA, they have a whole entire weekend out of their all-star. I mean, they have a, you know, a little a game between the upcoming talent, basically the rookies and the sophomores, and then they have, you know, celebrity. You know, so this a, a three-point contest, dunks, and just everything is going on for fans to really enjoy everything about the NBA. And I think it really, a lot of it comes down to, like, marketability. You get to see those players' faces. In the NFL, you don't get to see That's players' right. faces. They're behind the face mask, and then the only time you get to see them is when they – take their helmet off and they get to emote a little bit. Uh, but then most folks are, are, are knocking them for, you know, trying to make it all about them for once. Well, I mean, hell, if you're at the top of your game, you deserve to to get the love and 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 be recognized for that. Um, and you're right. The Pro Bowl had become just way too watered down. Frankly, I wouldn't even turn it on. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't even watch it. Like it would it would be on there. It was almost like it was almost like just it's almost like that walkthrough day. Um, in the season, right? When you got to run your plays, but you also know we're not hitting each other. That's what it started to look like. They just made them wear pads. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm excited that they're mixing it up a little bit and they're going back uh, to some of those things. I'm trying to see what we got here. I know that um, yeah, I, there's, there's kick-tack-toe. Mm-hmm. So that's one. Uh, you let the kickers get to get a little love there. Um, there's some dodgeball that's going to be played. I feel like they played dodgeball the last couple of years, and that looks like it's been pretty fun. We've seen some of the receivers make some pretty sweet catches to save their team, so I'm mm-hmm. excited about that one. Yeah. Um, it looks like there's some other so – we're recording this on Thursday. It looks like dodgeball lightning round. They pick 16 players in a three-part elimination challenge that will leave one player left at the end to earn three points for his conference. Mm-hmm. So they're going to do – a water balloon toss is part of that. Uh, a lightning round, high stakes, uh, trying to some, catch punts. I got uh, some flag football. Flag yeah. football's in play. And I got to give love. Uh, I want to say her name right. Vanita. Vanita. I want to say Vanita Crouch is her name. And she is literally one of the – she's like a Hall of Fame flag football quarterback. Um, I played football, played flag football with her and against her here in the Dallas area. And she's good. Nice. She is really good. And then, you know, if, you, if you've ever played a little flag football, if you have, they usually make rules that are going to uh, basically behoove you to allow a female to throw the ball. Uh, so sometimes they'll say, hey, every third down or every third play has to be a, a, a girl play. She can either throw it or you have to throw it to a female. Um, well, when you got a quarterback that's a girl and she can sling that sucker, then every play could be a girl That's play, right. and it really frees up a lot of things. So uh, they're talking, about, oh yeah, they got a uh, they got a flag football game. There's pro skills challenge, um, just all type of things going on. But 
yes, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. Uh, precision yeah. passing, uh, best catch. Uh, there's just a whole bunch of stuff. There's just so many things. Yeah. I, I wish we had had a whole list. Everybody wants to write a whole article about yeah, it rather than just say, "Here's what they are." Well, one of my favorite things about the NFL is when when you see mic'd up segments, and you got to think that with these, they'll be able to do some some of that, and they'll have the guys mic'd up at least, and they'll be able to get close because they're not the you know the cameramen aren't really worried about getting run over in a tick kick tack toe game or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to hear the sound clips that come from it. And I think it'll be entertaining. And I think it'll be fun to see these guys kind of let loose a little bit, like you said. That this is a chance for them to kind of show off, and some that'll be fun to see because these guys are freak athletes and i'm sure that they're good at other stuff too so it'll be fun to see them put that on display in a little bit of a different setting so yeah i'm excited for it i think it's out of the box and uh i'm all game for trying something new yes indeed i'm all about that as well but let's work our way back to uh, ashburn virginia i know that there's a we got a couple of pro bowlers that are going down there. Jeremy Reeves, pro bowler and all pro. All right. He's getting a little love. I think Tress Way is down there as well. But Ron Payne, Terry McLaurin. Ron Payne, yeah. T- Terry McLaurin, T-Mac. Donovan Allen's there, I think. I think so, too. Yeah. I mean, they're well represented in the burgundy Absolutely. and gold. But uh, there's still an open position for an offensive coordinator uh, up there in Ashburn. So, I mean, I guess they're waiting on me to submit my resume. I don't know. Uh, I think I'm going to sit this year out uh, in the coaching cycle and see who else uh, can step in there and do something. But there are a couple of names who are who are in the playoffs that are you know popping up right now. And uh, number one, Anthony Lynn, uh, former Mm -hmm. former head coach of the Chargers uh, back when they were in San Diego, I want to say running backs coach and assistant head coach for the 49ers. His name has been thrown around in a discussion. I think he's been meeting with Ron. I think he said they're meeting out uh, at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Maybe it is. And um, the other name that's that's really intriguing is Eric Bieniemy. The name's always been in the mix every year, and, and he doesn't get the head coaching nod for whatever reason. But his name pops up for an offensive coordinator spot in Washington. So what are your thoughts on Coach Lynn? Uh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, Anthony Lynn specifically, I'm intrigued by this one because I feel like the chargers, um, it seems like the chargers have been the same way for a long time, like had a lot of potential. I mean, even back with Ladanian Tomlinson, they, they would put together solid seasons and then kind of stall out. And it seems like it's been that way even recently. And with Anthony Lynn, I want to say his first or second season, he got him to 11 wins or something like that. And then just couldn't get over the hump. Um, but we, you know, Justin Herbert, I don't think he overlapped with Justin Herbert, maybe a year. I I can't remember, but it seems like, you know, San Diego slash Los Angeles chargers, their offense has always been pretty solid. And so I I love the fact that it would be a new kind of a, a a fresh mind coming in there. And, uh, I love the fact that he's been uh, spending a year with Kyle Shanahan. We kind of said that last time, good teams go and get coaches from good successful coaching lines and the fact that he spent some time with Kyle Shanahan who is an offensive guru hopefully he's kind of brushed up on his knowledge added a couple things to his his playbook to his tool bag and would be able to bring that here so I'm really intrigued by Anthony Lynn uh, more so because I think it's a a bit of a not it doesn't seem like a typical Ron Rivera kind of interview it kind of seems like Ron Rivera's only gone with guys that he knows or he's known from the past. And this kind of seems like he's branching out a little bit, which makes me excited. And the fact that they're having an in-person conversation, that it's Ron Rivera talking to him, not him meeting with, you know, the the executives in D.C., but they're kind of 
informally meeting, informally, formally meeting. I like the sound of that. And I, I could be, I could be really on board with that if this kind of turns into something. Yeah. I'm pulling up his uh, Wikipedia page. It was his second season. He had, he led LA. He was actually the head coach when they first uh, made their move to LA okay. um, 12 and four record in that second year. And they made it to playoffs in 2013. So he's, he he knows how to win. He can get some, get some winning done. Um, guys from Salina, Texas went to Texas tech. So he's a Texas guy I like that. Check the box there for me. Um, but yeah, he's had some success. You know, he's, he's, been sprinkling around. We've been, spent some time in Detroit, um, obviously right now in San Francisco. So uh, every, I feel like everybody that they're bringing in, you have to think that they could be the eventual next head coach of the team. That's just from how my mind is working. Yeah. Um, I just feel like that is that's got to be your play. You know, it, it, regardless of what you do, you're trying to think. I, I feel like you're trying to hand this thing over uh, to somebody else. So. Um, you know, I don't know, maybe so. Uh, but I like, I kind of like, I like seeing Anthony Lynn's name pop up in there. Um, especially with his successes he had in the past and the team that he's been able to work with, uh, in, in recent history, uh, especially coming from San Francisco. So I wonder if he's going to bring some of that spice. Uh, but the name that I'm really, really kind of pulling for, what do you say? Real quick on Anthony Lynn. He did overlap with Justin Herbert one year. That was his last year. Um, so <clears throat> he's worked with a young quarterback if Sam Howell's your guy. So that's kind of nice to hear another little added thing in there, but yeah, I, I'm with you. And he, even with his worst year, I know it was five and 11, but he kind of just kept the chargers afloat, which is, which is solid. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. And the guy that I got, the, you know, kind of listed as my number one is Eric B. Yes. Coming from Kansas city. He, he wants to call plays and I've seen people wonder why would you want to, go from OC to OC and he called a lateral move. I think for him, it's got to be getting out from underneath the shadow of Andy Reed. Um, I feel like that's probably been one of the biggest question marks is, well, how much influence does he have on that team success? Like, Oh, he does have Patrick Mahomes and he does have Andy Reed. Like, are you really, you know, doing that much? So I feel like that's been the biggest question mark around it, uh, Eric B but I'm, I'm really, really hoping that, you know, after the Super Bowl is over, um, that they get him in there and hopefully, hopefully can can persuade him to uh, to come on up to uh, to Washington. With your with your thought process, with uh, the next guy you're hiring, thinking about him as potentially being the head coach. I think this is, this is a win 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 like for Eric Bieniemy and for the Commanders. So let's say let's say he he comes in and it's an absolute for the for the Commanders perspective. Let's say he comes in it's an absolute disaster. You find out it really was Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes the whole time. Well, everybody's probably gone anyway with a new owner. Uh, the they're bringing a head coach is probably going to bring in a different guy anyway. Makes sense mm-hmm. there. But let's say you you strike gold here and he turns Sam Howell into something special. That kind of thing. People are coming to t- potentially talk to him about a head coaching position. You could almost move him up that way and, and kind of bump him up after a good year like that. It seems like Ron Rivera could potentially take a front office job, something like that, something that we've been kind of floating out there for a while as a potential idea. I, I don't know why you wouldn't kind of just not throw the the bag, but throw a lot at this guy and kind of tell him that he – would essentially be the head coach of the offense, right? I mean, Ron Rivera is a defensive guy. 
Uh, I know Ron Rivera likes to run the football and can be a kind of old school, but why yeah. wouldn't Ron Rivera want to try to save his job by hiring a guy that would, would come in and light up the scoreboard a little bit? And so, yeah, I'm with it. I'm excited about the potential of him. Um, even if he hasn't fully, you know, left his handprint on the Chiefs, you got to think that he's absorbing something from be, spending all that time with a guy like Andy Reid, with a guy like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, whether or not he's he's the guy saying it into the headset or not, that doesn't really bother me a whole lot because I, I, I know that he's probably soaking up what he's learned from Andy Reid and that he's fully capable of calling plays for a team. And so – uh, why not give him the chance to do that and kind of yeah. let him take over and, and run the, the thing and put up more than 17 points a game? Oh, yeah. Now, I went back and I was looking at another coach that was on the Kansas City staff and is now a an offensive coordinator in the NFC East. It's Mike Kafka. Yeah. Mike Mike Kafka got his start um, absolutely, absolutely leaving from playing the game. He was an offensive grad assistant. He was at, at uh, Northwestern, and then he ended up making his way – to, to the Chiefs in 2017 and made his way up to quarterbacks coach and eventually got hired away uh, this past, you know, 2022 to the Giants to join Brian Dable as the offensive coordinator. Now he went from, obviously he has to jump up from quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator, but you know, he, nobody's really had any or issues about him being up underneath Andy Reid or anything like that. So uh, in my eyes, Hey, you've learned enough from him. You've been able to work with Patrick Mahomes um, obviously he's a great, great talent. Uh, I love the creativity that you see with that offense and how they mix things up in their first 15 plays when they script everything out. Um, I think that he could definitely go to Washington and bring a little bit of pizzazz, a little life um, to the offense and some and some creativity. And hell yeah, let that man go up there and, and, and call some plays. Let him do it because you don't have to prove himself anyways. It doesn't look like anybody's just going to go off and name him a head coach. Uh, so you might as well – Definitely, definitely look to give him that offensive coordinator and say, hey, you got first dibs at this head coaching gig uh, whenever Ron moves on. Yeah, and it seems like there's some legitimacy there. We've seen some like big names mentioning Eric Bieniemy and, and potentially being able to be wooed away. I think I saw that uh, Ian Rappaport on the Pat McAfee show, just scrolling through Twitter, said that the Commanders and the Ravens are two teams to watch for, for Eric Bieniemy. So that would certainly be exciting, and that would be, I think, a home run for – the commanders because it's a big name, a creative name. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the sky could potentially be the limit with, with him. And I, I like the fact that they're spreading it out a little bit. I, I was a little nervous with kind of the, the uninspiring first couple names I've heard, but with Thomas Brown, with, with, uh, Anthony Lynn, with, um, with Eric Bienemy, it seems like they're doing their due diligence. And right now I, I would be surprised if they hired a guy before the Super Bowl. I feel like this is going to, this is probably going to go until, you know, at least the week after the Super Bowl, hopefully they get a, a legitimate interview with Eric Bienemy then, or however that works. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what they do and I'm glad they're taking their time with it. Yes, please take your time. If if they would have made a decision earlier, it just I felt like you just jumped the gun. Yeah. And no no disrespect to those other candidates, but if you want to talk to somebody that's on one of these Super Bowl teams, then you need to give I say give them their ability to take their time. I mean, new head coach of the Houston Texans, D'Amico Ryan's turned down some meetings because he wanted to focus on some of these games uh, that he was going to have to coach. Um, and so I think that you got to give these guys opportunity to do that. Uh, rather than, you know, leaving town to go do a quick interview and then coming back and, and being all tired and focused. But 
Um, what are your thoughts? But real quick, that we didn't bring this one up, but D'Amico Ryan's new head coach down there in Houston. What do you think about that? Love it. I love the fact that he played there and he's going back and coaching there. That that's so cool. It's got to be a cool story for him. And uh, we saw what he did with that defense in in San Francisco. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. And he's got to be licking his chops, right? The the number two overall pick, probably two, can, two first round picks at that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I meant the number two overall. So he he's probably gonna probably gonna get his quarterback of the future. So I'm excited to see what he does and. The AFC South was a little weak this year. I know Jacksonville turned it on at the end, but you could see the Texans kind of making a jump there because uh, we, we talked all season. We liked what they did. They, they played games hard all year long, and so uh, got to be cool for him and cool for the Texans to bring back a guy that wore the jersey and now is going to coach him up. So excited yeah. for that guy and excited to see what he does. Yes, and then, indeed. And then our uh, our $20 million man, who knows what he's actually getting paid, but the, the move was made for Sean Payton officially – out to the Broncos, uh, Russ and Sean Payton. The, the Broncos have put all their eggs in that basket. Uh, what did you think when you saw that one? Well, shoot, the, well, the thing that had me surprised was uh, kind of surprised was that they there, there were reports that he was their third option. He was their third option at, at, uh, at head coach. Obviously, trying to get D'Amico Ryan's first. Um, I forget who they said the second option was, but um, having, having Sean Payton go in there, you're kind of hopeful that he's going to be able to have some of that same snap and pizzazz. But I, I would feel like the success he had with Drew Brees and, and the comparison between Drew Brees and Russell Wilson, I would like to think that there's some familiarity there, both smaller quarterbacks. And, you know, you could probably implement a lot of the same uh, coaching styles and, and play calling styles. Uh, the only difference is you're playing outside and you're playing a mile high. So you don't have the confines of a dome. Uh, you know, where there's going to be perfect conditions all yeah. the time. So it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch for sure. I, I would think that as a receiver, I would be excited. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, you got to think, okay, um, then we're going to get 150 catches like a Mike Thomas or something yeah. like that, yeah. you know, so that could be exciting to see, but there's definitely a lot. There's a lot to chew on on that one. And if, I guess if you want to hear more about that, you go check out Believe in the Bro the Broncos show. I know, right. we got, I know we got a Broncos show on this uh, channel with Orlando Franklin. So, um, yeah, it's been exciting. And I think there's going to be more to come uh, in the NFL news. I mean, shoot, Arian Foster was saying that the league is scripted. Yeah. Um, and I feel like in Washington, we don't get scripts. We just, <laughs> everybody's It's an scripted. improv show. They're just like, man, yeah, y'all are going to just get, get the bad breaks every time. But. Uh. Now is the time to flip the script, Washington. That's right. Build build a good team. Hey, make sure y'all check out. Be be on the lookout. If 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 it, if you missed it, go back and find the interview with Joe DeLeon. He's uh with a couple of shows here, uh, Rufino and Joe, the uh, Believe in NFL Draft podcast, um, and the CFB Recruits podcast. So he's down there at the Senior Bowl right now this week, and he's dropped a lot of gems. Talk about a lot of offensive linemen. He says this O line D line group is really good. Um, and O-line is a, is, a, is a group that needs to be uh, have some improvement for the commanders. So you may have a few names that are over there that uh, you may not know because I don't ever know who the O-linemen are. They say right. those names, and I'm like, I don't know who the hell that cat is. But, hey, there's some names that Joe DeLeon was dropping for us, so make sure you all check that episode out.
Yeah, and you can see and listen to us all the time on TuneIn Radio, SiriusXM Stadium, and all your favorite platforms. So go find that interview. Uh, and, yeah, we're, the, the league never stops. So we're going to be talking draft. We're going to be talking uh, coaching searches. We'll talk about the Super Bowl next week. Make sure you follow along with us, and we appreciate you listening in. And thank you to Bet Online. Make sure you check those guys out for all the latest odds. I'm interested to see if that line will move at all from the Eagles uh, minus one. If anything, it'd have to go to like half a point. Like yeah. that'd be that'd Pick be them. what Vegas would do. Like eh, yeah. half a point, and there you go. Good luck. Yeah. So check them out and make sure to use your uh, our code believe B L E A V for that fifty percent welcome bonus. We'll be back. Like we said, it never sleeps. Something could break by the time we post this. So we'll be around. We'll, we're going to keep it going all off season long. And hopefully, like Anthony said, the commanders are flipping the script here soon and building a sustainable winning team for the first time in a long time. Yes, indeed. Y'all be easy. Stay safe. Stay warm. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.